0: Johnny, and this is another episode of Pints of Politics UK. Slight difference. I've taken inspiration actually from uh, a Patreon that I following, actually, Hopkins, looking to curl one. Crystal Palace fan, great content creator. And he pre- presents um, daily football based podcasts, reviewing the news, giving his reaction to it. I thought it was really, really good. I have sacked Adam off, of course. In fact, Crossed wires. I ended up in a very interesting business meeting with uh, an entrepreneur uh, and D Scott. I'm pretty sure it's Adam Scott. Adam Scott. Apologies to Adam there. Yeah. Um, and he was given some really interesting insight into marketing. So much so that I was supposed to be recording this with Adam about an hour ago, and then all of a sudden, time flew by. He's got to go really early in the morning. This is quite late on on a Thursday night and to be honest I hadn't prepared anyone to cover for Adam or myself in fact so here we are and Hopkins will looking to kill what is my inspiration for this podcast where I solo it go through a few things it's going to be a bit shorter than usual because we've got no back and forth to do to go with but I hope you appreciate it and me running you through some of the stories politically over the past week and just giving my general thoughts on it really. Um so I guess we'll kick straight off with um news of the ambiguous data uh that Boris Johnson's come out with. Ambiguous data, what is he talking about? Why is he calling it ambiguous? And essentially what's gonna happen on June the twenty first? June the twenty first is a really big um June the twenty first is a really big day because it's when the UK is supposedly opening up again. And that's a really big thing because of course we've been in a perpetual state of unnormality don't know what the correct opposite to normality is really in that situation but we've been in a a constant state of not feeling very normal since really I'd say the first lockdown of March 2020 it's been quite incredible how long it's been since we've actually felt no restrictions and no threat of Covid um in our daily lives and June the 21st was supposed to be this Big unlocking of the whole of the United Kingdom, that's now been put at risk slightly because of the rise of this Indian variant, because of the rise of the possibility of other variants. But the Indian variant being the main one that's caused concern, particularly with scientists. Um, now, Boris Johnson's called the data ambiguous. Call it ambiguous because you read reports in the UK that said deaths are at the lowest point since the pandemic started. In fact, only a few days ago, there were zero deaths as a result of COVID. Zero, which is remarkable, really. When you look at the staggering numbers of deaths that that we sit on, the staggering total, the staggering number months back, it is it's quite something to be now at zero. Um, and there was also another statistic, another report that suggests, I think this was from the uh, the Telegraph, actually, and it said that something along the lines of 40% of the deaths that were recorded as COVID might not have actually been down to COVID. But because the data, to come to the conclusion, is quite complex, it takes a lot of time to, to unravel and unpack, they would simply put down as COVID upon, upon, um, upon the death, when in actual fact when data is more closely analysed and more closely unpacked, it might not have been down to COVID. So a slight hyperbole in numbers, perhaps. Anyway, all of this data has led to lots of different conclusions from lots of different angles. And there's been a lot of takes recently that said, even though there is a rise in the Indian variant, even though there is a rise in cases, the fact that there were zero deaths not too long ago, the fact that the death total now as a result of covid is significantly lower anyway than it was many months ago in fact so low that many people think well it's no longer a threat all of that i think is what's led to the boris johnson calling the rise of the covid variant ambiguous the data behind the threat ambiguous because depending on how the the data is spun leads to a different interpretation on how you read it, I guess. Um, it's all added using a number or saying a bigger rise. Ninety percent rise sounds really big, but if it's only a small number, then it's maybe misleading that number slightly for effect. It's also worth bearing in mind that I, I believe, recently fifty percent of UK adults have now been given their second dose of the of the vaccine. Fifty percent, and given the fact that many scientists believe that this vaccination will be able to combat the indian variant that means that we've got half of uk adults that are already immunized almost from this threat and with all with a whole big number more having had one jab which gives quite a high level of immunization then this indian variant threat shouldn't be too too scary now the issue is, and we were talking to Gus about this a few weeks ago on the podcast, that if the variant does mutate to such a degree that it actually counteracts the vaccine, then that's where the problem comes in. And it is important that we don't take surges for granted because if the surge does become big and everyone does get infected with it and then the virus does mutate in some way that does get it away from the vaccine, then we are in a bit of trouble. So we shouldn't completely ignore any rises in surges of of, of the of any variants, we should certainly look at them analyze the data and and take it seriously um to a point but at the same time the uk as a result of this vaccination program seem to be in a much better place than they were at the start of the year a much better place and the fact that the majority of the adults as we have said have taken up that option of a vaccine it means that the uk is a lot better suited to attacking um this this virus head-on um so it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how how that all unfolds personally i'm not sure i think that there is a possibility that um the the restrictions are slightly delayed because there are some concerned scientists out there who are raising concerns about these rises these quite high rises on percentages at least And we do know that scientific information has influenced a lot of government decisions, certainly of late, certainly this year, even if it didn't necessarily do so, or it reluctantly did so in the past or at the start, sorry. However, now you do get the sense that they do have more of an influence and if push comes to shove, then they may have to delay that 21st of June opening. But I know Boris Johnson will 100% not want that to happen because of the public backlash. And not just the public backlash, also the back- backlash of the majority of his or, or a large percentage of, his, of the Conservative Party who are adamant that this needs to stop now these restrictions need to be put to rest and you know Boris Johnson's initial roadmap actually was like a halfway house between the serious people taking coronavirus seriously and saying it should be rolled out a few more months and then a large majority of his party who were saying actually we just want it to be all unravelled by April we want everything to be normal by April so Boris Johnson actually was choosing the, the sensible option in that sense hearing both sides and going with going with what he thought was a happy medium but again it still might not be a happy medium and depending on how you view the data again i think more people are er erring on the side of right now judging by public opinion judging by businesses who are desperate to get back on the feet particularly those of the hospitality sector who just want normality to return in some form i think that more people are now on the side of let's get on with it if there has to be some restrictions Let's have a few restrictions, but please let me open my business. Please don't let these restrictions affect my business. I'm thinking about nightclubs now, actually, specifically. Um, So, yeah, really, really big decision. We should find a result of that decision about the 14th of June, apparently. So I can tell you now Boris Shelter will be absolutely reluctant beyond belief um, to, to keep those restrictions in place longer than June the 21st. However... It's not beyond the realms of possibility that he does because he's under quite heavy pressure from uh, scientists close to the government and people who he now listens to more than he did at the start of the pandemic. So we'll have to wait and see. I can tell you now if he does, he will be doing it very begrudgingly, very reluctantly because he knows that public opinion will be massively down if he does this. He survived a lot this week. He survived... This is a week off from the Dominic Cummings claims. And to be honest, I don't think that's really done much to public opinion because what we heard wasn't really too different to what many people believed anyway. Um, So this is the thing that I think will affect public opinion the most. Um, Going against that lockdown, going against the plan, keeping those, sorry, the unravelling of lockdown, going against the plan, keeping those restrictions in place beyond when he said he would initially, that will make public opinion go negative negative quite quickly I believe and the conservative um, opinion or the opinion of the government will drop in a way that it didn't with the Dominic Cummings thing because this is about the here and now many people don't really care too much about the past which is a sad state of affairs given what happened only only a year or so ago the mistakes that were made but the the brutal reality is that many people just care about the here and now and what happens tomorrow as opposed to what happened six, seven, eight months ago, as harsh as that is, for those who are in suffering, those who are bereaved at the moment, um, and that's why Boris Johnson has knows he has to get this pretty much absolutely spot on. Really, um, they had a Conservative Party have had a very, very, very good twenty twenty one actually, um, particularly with the success of the vaccine rollout, and they will hope that they can see over the line on June the twenty-first, and anything really that that delays it will be considered to be a bit of a failure. So Boris Johnson knows that, but he also knows mistakes of the past, doesn't want to replicate that. So yeah. But he also knows again that the the threat of a public revolt if this roadmap out of lockdown mm-hmm doesn't go according to the plan like it has done so far. So we'll have to wait and see on that. Anyway, on to all the stories now. I've waffled on a bit about that. Um, yeah, I'm you know big England fan. Watching the England game against Austria, 1-0 victory. Looking forward to the Euros. Tinge of disappointment at the start. number of fans booed, taking the knee while... The majority of the other fans applauded to drown out the booze. Again, I don't necessarily understand this. It it just showed there is a bit of a problem with this, um, with the whole Black Lives Matter concept. Black Lives Matter, to me, when the players need, the players aren't nearly for a Marxist organisation. They're nearly out of solidarity for their black comrades. They're nearly out of solidarity for the people who who may have felt racism, who will feel racism football field isn't a place of racism and that is to show equality across the board black or white any member of the bame in fact football's football no prejudice on the football field and this shouldn't be in life either um the fact that people are claiming that people are to a marxist organization since a really brilliant response on twitter two really one being that football is not that way in club footballers literally are you know looking at their fellow um fellow teammates or fellow opposing players uh, of um a non-white descent and they are back and they are kneeling in solidarity and they are kneeling to say you know enough to this oppression of non white people and i completely respect that and understand that there is no organization no higher power in play i believe when all of those people take the knee you can argue about anything you want with other things whether black lives matter is trying tried to hijack political systems or whether the actual organization as a, as a as a collective or maybe doing you know things that you feel that they shouldn't be going beyond the equality message but certainly on the football field it's quite clear what the message is in my opinion and yeah i, I think that's quite ridiculous and secondly google marxist I am guaranteed the majority of people claiming this is a Marxist organisation do not know what Marxist means. Don't know what Marxist means. So I'd be really interested. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they could give me the Communist Manifesto in two. Of, you know, in in a in a, a shortened version. Good luck with that, by the way. But chances are they don't. They're picking up information from other people who've tweeted about the Marxists. and and again. Just like socialism and Marxism get mixed up, people get confused with certain words. They just stick on it like glue and they use it to call, to slander things. And quite, you know, all it need, all you need to do, take a step back, think about what you just said, try and break down what Marxism is and, and, uh, and how it applies here. And you'll, you'll come a cropper. You'll come a cropper. So just a bit of common sense, please. Just a little bit of thinking, just a little bit of decency wouldn't go amiss there uh other stories boris johnson made a billionaire lord uh and three days lo- three days later the same guy uh gave five hundred thousand pounds to the conservative party um yeah so this this guy uh peter crudas never heard of him now got a seat in the house of lords billionaire tycoon believed to have wanted um to have been made a peer by boris johnson he got that and then suddenly a few days later the conservative party got five hundred thousand pound donation how very ironic um, report by the Daily Mirror again you know I can't say it surprises me this kind of thing has been normalised for quite some time we hear about David Cameron lobbying that's been you know he's been doing that for many many years and it's probably a similar thing with with other Prime Ministers as well and only recently with Boris Johnson and the company is it become more public i mean the, there's no shame in doing uh deals with friends and, and working and, and ex you know clearly expressing the who you know value of of society that will li- um the society that we live in at this moment in time where 12 billion track and trace system can be put into place because matt hancock's got some friends who could you know make money alongside him in and that this is in the middle of a global pandemic that's just one example of course the overspending on test and trace but it happens all the time and in this particular instance Boris Johnson's got a friend who wants to become a lord. Boris Johnson can give him a favour if he gives a favour to the Conservative Party. And it's a little bit of, of, you rub by and back, I'll rub yours. And it isn't really how um, government should be running the country, but it's so blatantly obvious now uh, that I think the, the support aren't really disillusioned by it because they kind of know that's what you get with this government. And I don't think they really mind too much because they do have some kind of appeal that's stuck and... That's just the way it is. It's not going to affect their opinion because no one's shocked by it. No one's shocked by what, when Boris Johnson does something stupid or says something stupid or, or acts in a particular way because they knew that was what they were getting when they elected him into power, or, or at least his supporters did. He was a flawed, a flawed leader, a a flawed leader who was relatable to other people because he wasn't perfect. He didn't appear to be, you know. Like previous leaders, particularly previous conservative leaders, he had marital affairs. He couldn't, his hair was all over the place. He did look a bit scraggy when he goes to the House of Commons. He does act a little bit boisterously. He doesn't conform to the stereotypes that we associate with world leaders. And that is appealing. And it still is appealing. And it means he can get away with quite a lot of of, of things. And I think he plays up to that character quite a lot, because, again, that's a, that character is supported within his supporter base so yeah it means these kind of acts can go along just fine and 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 that's sort of that's just we just sort of have to go with it i suppose it won't affect his popularity the amount of times he does this however as i say if he does tamper with that roadmap out of the lockdown then that might well affect opinion polls for him a little bit Okay, I noted actually fifty percent of adults dose. That's fantastic. That's been reported by a few news outlets now. Wonderful stuff. Uh, Portugal's moved to the amber list. None of Europe's on the green list now, so that's a bit of a uh, a disappointment for for many UK UK residents who wanted to travel. But it's also a big disappointment for lots of holiday firms and and travel companies that wanted to um, be utilised this summer. They are going to be feeling a bit glum because there's nowhere on the green list within europe to go um yeah this traffic light system's causing a bit of anger with lots of companies that were hoping for a bit of a boom this summer the government really can't do much more than you know trying to follow the science avoid bringing variants in i always thought personally that going on holiday this year was always a little bit of an extreme measure or a bit of a push um and this is this is evident of it Yeah, ultimately, I just felt that with the possibility of all the variants spreading, the fact that we've not been able to really go on holiday for a whole year, not even, for many of us, not even travel across the United Kingdom without the threat of a local restriction being in place. I just felt it was a little bit too soon this year. I thought it'd be the perfect opportunity to rejig the UK economy and go to uh traveling the uk if that all becomes available within the summer i thought that'd be a perfect opportunity to do that but yeah it's one of those situations i think that it, it doesn't surprise me I, I feel mainly for the for the holiday companies and the holiday firms that were looking like there was a bit of an escape route this summer after a terrible 12 months and uh and they haven't got what it looks like so that's a, that's a shame for them and i hope they can find some recovery at least um Hopefully this summer. If not, then 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 hopefully not too far off this summer. Um, yeah. Oh, Olympics at risk as well. Yes. So Japan, Japan Olympics at risk. Ten thousand volunteers have quit. Ten thousand volunteers. Again, it's one of those where I was not expecting it to even go ahead. The fact it is going ahead surprises me. I also thought that with the Euros, to be fair, the Euros are going ahead. That is Copper America, but that's been moved from Brazil to Argentina. Or Argentina to Brazil? I think it's been moved from Argentina to Brazil because Argentina is too much in the COVID. I'm not actually sure where it's moved. I think that's how it's moved, but again, I'm surprised that's going ahead because there's been a lot of issues in South America and in Asia as well. In Japan, of course, taken very seriously. A lot of people very scared still about the virus, particularly in Asia. Very different mindset. I used to work in China. Very different. A lot more. Uh, a lot less selfish compared to Western counterparts, I would say, with their response to the virus. It wasn't thinking about the self. It was more thinking about the, the general collective and, and the well-being of others. And Japan, yeah, there's a lot of animosity towards the Olympics actually happening. And now the, the fact that 10,000 volunteers who were helping make the Olympics happen have quit is, is quite striking. Whether they do it behind... I, 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 you feel for the athletes. The athletes have put so much time and effort in over the past over the past years, particularly even during the lockdown as well, just to keep going, just to maintain fitness for this opportunity. If it doesn't happen, it'd be a really big disappointment. Japan wants it to happen, of course, for the economy boost that it's supposed to give, but it won't give the full economy boost, of course, because many people won't be able to travel to Japan and many Japanese people won't be necessarily celebrating in the same way they might have done uh, had it not been in COVID times. And... I'm not one hundred percent sure what the restrictions would be around that. Whether they'd play with empty stadiums, I'd have to go and check that myself, to be honest with you. But again, I can't imagine it being a normal Olympics, even if it does go ahead. And the fact that many people want to quit at this moment in time suggests to me that it might not go ahead anyway. So we'll have to wait and see on that one. I think. Lastly, on the uh, on the stories, and we'll skip the debate section this week, really, as well, because I've not got Adam here to discuss it, and I've been talking to myself, but. Keir interview, ITV1 uh, this week, so the leader of the opposition, for anyone that doesn't know, Labour being the opposition party, Le- Labour leader Keir Starmer, he's struggled to get going really, struggled to get going in his role since so taken over from Jeremy Corbyn and he's been in the role now for about, oh around, the, just over a year, and while there was a lot of optimism to begin with he hasn't really been able to get his message forward he's often been in the shadow of boris johnson naturally because we're in a pandemic and he's the first port of call really for any governmental action many people have criticized him left right and center but really for not doing enough of some people have just suggested he's a little bit boring and lacks a personality so he's got on piers morgan's life stories piers morgan quite a polarizing figure in the uk and to be honest i watched the interview thought he did it thought he did a good job he conveyed a real human in there talked really emotionally about the situation of his mum and the disease that she had and how he felt detached from his dad and how he wanted to grow to be a different kind of dad to his kids i thought he came across quite relatably and this is a man who's not been born into not been born into wealth his dad was a working class toolmaker his mum worked in the nhs this is just an ordinary guy who's an ordinary working class guy went to university did a few things that he probably doesn't want to elaborate too much on, as, as noted in the interview, and you know he's, he's just succeeded by perseverance and hard work. Probably got a few breaks that other people don't get. That's how you have to succeed, I suppose, in, the, in, in this in this society in Britain. So, bit of luck and a lot of hard work. I think that's the key, and he he succeeded that way. You got to you got to hold your hand, hand take your hat off to him. He succeeded that way. Still has a lot of a humbleness about him. Came across quite, quite relatably as well. I like that he's a football fan. I like that he plays five-a-side football with his mates every week just to get release some endorphins. Is he boring? I don't think so. I think that's more media perception. Um, maybe too forensic. Some have suggested in Houses of Parliament, maybe he's too serious. You know, Boris Johnson's quite childlike in his response is quite blasé in in his research maybe he needs to be a bit more like that however I hope that's not what leadership's judged on I hope it's actually judged on meticulous research getting things done holding people to account and you know it's not all about fun and games as, as, as the current leader of the of the country seems to think it is but again there is a point with Boris Johnson he does have a personality you can't deny that he's not one of the bottle Quote Jose Mourinho in football reference, and Kerstarmer could do with getting a bit of that. I think the the life stories with Beers Morgan was a good way to show that he's a human, he's relatable. He wasn't born into power, like maybe members of the Conservative Party were. He's had to work very 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 hard, and he's had to get a few a few lucky breaks along the way. But again, he had to work very 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 hard, and that is absolutely you've got to remember that uh, because he because of his upbringing. Very different to Certainly, Boris Johnson's, and as I say, life stories exemplify that. And hopefully, can do more of that because opening up, showing personality is really important. And he'll be able to do that when lockdown eases when lock, when, when lockdown's gone anyway. But when the restrictions completely easy, can actually go in front of audiences and, and liaise with the public. That'll be a big thing, I think. Be a big thing. And I wish you well. Um, on to America now a little bit. Talk a little bit about America. Really, Joe Biden uh, commemorated the 1921 Tulsa Race Massacre. It was a massacre of lots of um, black Americans in the 1920s. Quite a tragic event, really. And it's never been mentioned by an American president, uh, a sitting American president until now, which is indicative, I think, of the progressive nature of Biden's presidency. He's a man in his late 70s who simply keeps wanting to learn. Now, I think this is probably driven partly by his left-leaning Um, his left-leaning backing, his left-leaning party. They are quite left-leaning, and he's the centrist face for that left-leaning party that that is, in essence, the face that got them into power in the first place. But it's really nice to see, touching to see him embrace that inclusive ideology and not to be afraid to talk about things that would have essentially never been talked about in previous presidencies, maybe through fear of of being a turn-off for voters or or something like that. I think it's one of those, really. It's one of those. But let's carry on, really, and talk about LGBTQ plus rights in such a way, commemorated LGBTQ plus rights, quite openly, Pride Month, the first president again, I think, to really acknowledge it in such a way. It's, it's again, indicative of, 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 of what America are starting to become a little bit now, which is an inclusive, open society fronted by a president who is you know many people say older people can't learn can't be progressive this is a man like i say in his late 70s has gone through so much trauma in his life and he bears no grudges towards anyone this is so wonderful to hear so wonderful to see and it's it's brilliant that just you know a couple just last year under the under the presidency of donald trump when it was the absolute reverse donald trump really whether he believed it or not was playing up to an audience that he felt would keep him elected he felt that americans preferred a regression to the old ways instead of a progression to more inclusivity and he liked talking about political correctness going mad or not being able to say things now and i'm so happy that biden's gone the reverse and it seems like lots of americans are standing up for that reverse and 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 and, listening with with actively listening to what he's saying as we as we all do to the world to our country's leaders and you know beacon of hope beacon of hope progressive hope for america instead of just a channel of hate like donald trump was he was playing on people's fears playing on people's hatred and in reality all it is is education 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 just like tony blair said back in one of his 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 pushes for power and it, it, it still rings true now. Absolutely still rings true now. We've also got Boris, uh, Boris Johnson. Donald Trump uh, started his blog, apparently. Started his blog and now he's closing it up. Um, so that's, I, I believe, after just a month I was reading. In fairness, as, as someone who actually was amused by many of Donald Trump's tweets, despite also understanding, on the other hand, that they were very dangerous, and polarising and and intended to cause division, particularly towards the end, which is why he got banned off all social media. I do think his Alan Partridge-esque rants into nothingness were were actually quite amusing and and, and good value. It's just a shame that he had to go many steps too far with some of the things he was saying, again, to cause division, which led to violence, particularly the Capitol riots. Um, Quite frankly, yeah, social media was spot on to take take him off their platforms but the fact he stopped his blog after a while it's almost after you know a month or so whether it re- re- resurfaces it probably will do probably will do but again it's just testament to the fact that really i does does he have the drive anymore is he, is he apparently according to close allies he still is as bitter about 2020 as he ever was i do genuinely believe he thinks that he was robbed of the election but obviously he wasn't <laughs> to be honest, Um, but whether he still has to drive to do this, you know, it's another three years till the next president's elected and he claims he wants to run for it. Will he still have the same fire in his belly in three years' time? I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. If he's stopping on his blog now, which was his middle finger to social media, then that says quite a lot, I think. I would say that says quite a lot. Um, And lastly, actually, America, just go back to Biden, they're trying to Push through their vaccination program. Many Americans still unsure about having the vaccine. Joe Biden's idea: give them a pint with it. I think from June the 21st, he's releasing an idea that you can have a pint if you get vaccinated, which will appeal apparently to a lot. Well, apparently, of course, it will appeal to a lot of Americans who like their beer, who like their alcohol, and if it's a, it might seem like a cheap shot, part of the pun, way to get people their shot of injection. But if it works, it works, and that and you know, it works twofold, I suppose. It gets people back into the hospitality sector, if used correctly, but also uh, gets America one step closer to getting the majority of the country vaccinated and in turn beating the coronavirus. So that has to be commended, I think. Um, and Joe Biden's actually teetotal himself, which, which believe it or not, so was Donald Trump, by all accounts. Two two presidents in office who were both teetotal. In their in their service and, and in their lifetime, uh, I'm sure they both had a drink before, but it's not something they continue with now. And you know, you got to you got to respect that. I Suppose clear office, clear mind. You know, clear mind for the Oval Office. Um, although you would have thought Donald Trump had quite a few drinks before he did some of those rallies, but you know what? Maybe that's why he still had all that energy to do it because he wasn't he wasn't sort of I don't know feeling the effects of any alcohol anyway. No funny story today, because there isn't really one. Um, All I can say really is, uh, it's a shame that I was stuck in a marketing meeting, but it was a it was an important meeting to attend. So that's unfortunately why Adam's not here. I'm doing this quite late. Hopefully, you enjoyed this bite-sized, thirty-five ish, maybe a bit less, thirty-ish minutes is going to get edited down of me talking about the latest political news. Please do follow us at fifteen at at 15moffpod for the football one but at pint and poll on twitter um for the twitter one and really do like subscribe and review please you know we've got quite a few repeat listeners now would really appreciate it if you gave us a review gave us a rate and tell us what you thought and i hope you enjoyed this this solo attempt the first one i've done probably won't be done too many more times but it was nice nice just to share my thoughts and vent my thoughts out there um, and hope and next week we should be back with Adam or a guest that I've planned uh, in advance. Won't be a solo expedition again, I don't think, because I'll be a bit more prepared and I probably won't have a last-minute meeting that I have to attend that takes up the majority of my evening. So take care, stay safe, and see you next time.